Hi, I'm Tom. I'm Justin. I'm Frankenstein's monster. Wait, it's not the spootacular anymore. No! I'm Frankenstein's lads. Bye, lads. The theme doesn't start playing. In reality, not in our life. We make that uh, happen using movie magic. Movie magic. This is all filmed with movie magic. Animagic. Rank of best. Okay. Movie magic is what makes the show listenable. <laughs> can can confirm. BTS tip. Uh Last week's episode, we weren't sure if it was going to be at all good or worth anyone's time, and it turned out well. Turned out good. I was gonna say that you. you I was gonna say the jury's still out on that one. Uh, so the jury went out to buy cigarettes and never came back. Never came back. It's a it's a hung jury in that they hung themselves. Oh, oh it's a hung jury, and they all have huge penises, big old dongers. Yeah. I'm Justin. <laughs> Wait, we're not redoing it. We're not redoing it. How's it going, boys? It's it's good. Okay. It's great. Things are great. Oh my god. Ooh. That makes me so you, you've got you've got like a, a glow about you. Like you don't want to kill yourself, Frank. I do <laughs> for other reasons that don't have to do with a lack of employment. Good. That's yeah. a that's a start. Uh, um, <laughs> you got a nice fresh haircut too, I might add. Uh, yeah, little, uh, yeah. For those uh, those of you who can't see at home, he's got a fresh fade and uh, he's got some dollar signs uh, cut into one side, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah. he's wearing uh, several bow ties. I mean, <laughs> several bow ties. Various places on his body. Uh, have fun guessing which. Uh, yeah. So, Frank, how's how's your your life as a stuffed shirt? It's uh, it's pretty interesting. I, I I got there and they kind of throw you in the deep end a little bit on the second day of my job at bleep, which yeah. I'm, I'm just going to do that from now on, not because I have to, but because it's funnier. <laughs> it's uh, cute. I was sworn to grand jury secrecy. Oh, so I can't talk about large chunks. Oh, come on. That I look at <laughs> just a or, little <laughs> deal with. Or I could go to prison. <laughs> oh. Oh, boy. Um, but it's it's pretty nuts. It's uh, I'm like having to adjust because we had all worked in the same place for a long time and it was a retail job and working a retail schedule is it, it has its pluses and minuses because you work odd hours and you don't always like there's no consistency to it. Mm -hmm. uh, but at the same time, you could usually sleep in, especially if you work nights like I used to. Mm. Um, with this, it's the same thing every single day and getting up fairly early to do it. Um, and on Monday nights, when I also have class to get to, that's like a I like walk to class right from where I work. So that turns into like a 12, 13 hour day. And that's that's no fun. 
Welcome to the working week. Yeah. Welcome to... I know it won't thrill you. I hope it won't kill you. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, that's cool. What about you guys? What's what's going on in uh, with you? <laughs> in the land... Well, uh, Justin... Mm -hmm. Justin yes. has a brand new spanking record that he's got. And it's good, folks. It is actually mm -hmm. good. I, it is. <laughs> It is. He's 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 proud of it. Uh, yeah, no, he has released his. Uh, uh, it sounds like a segment, but he's released his newest release called Mayday. It's an uh, eight uh, track. It's actually uh, pronounced Mayday. So I don't know if you get that from the text. BTS tip. Uh, we, we can put a song in here, right? Like we could do a little clip. Yeah, let's put the whole album in let's right put now. The whole album in. Just have it playing in the background. Talk about it, Justin. Well, it's a it's a album. It's a, I, I had a realization one day that songs are too long. And I said I will not stand for this anymore. So it's all like under two minute songs, eight tracks, ten minutes. Makes its point. And gets the fuck out of there. Hit it and quit it. Did you include a cover of Hit It and Quit It on the album? It's a secret cover. You, if you play the whole thing backwards <laughs> um, and then go on YouTube and search Funkadelic Hit It and Quit It. Um, um, how I would describe the album is it's, it's good, first of all. Second of all, it is the kind of album that Pitchfork would have really liked before they became like an avenue for like Goop on your Grinch, King Pussy Eater. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> uh, like type stuff. I, I lost it after that. But you get what I'm saying. Thank you. Thank you. It's, it's, it's super sad. If you like sad shit, there's a yeah. lot of sad stuff on there. It's the sort of thing when you make art, right? Uh, and then afterwards you look at it. There are like a few songs on there that it's like, I did not realize that's a suicide song. <laughs> so that's and a fun afterglow of, of, of creation. Uh, like the week after where you get to like actually listen to it and see stuff that you didn't. Um, yeah, I hope you, you listen to it. It won't take long. He's not asking for a lot of your time. Guys, just fucking do it. Just humor him. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Folks, we're just asking for a little bit of your time, and in return, you can get this great NPR tote bag. Yeah. <laughs> Donate, won't you? To Justin's wallet. Are you, is it for sale? Is it something that you're selling? It's on there for free, but you can pay me if you want. <laughs> I should probably... Uh, no, I believe all art should be free. That's why I you can set steal up so much. <laughs> What was that, Frank? You can set up payment tiers on Bandcamp, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. What's, what would be your highest tier? What if they gave you like a thousand dollars? What would you do for them, Justin? I guess I would have to be their uh, hurdy gurdy man for a week. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say sex slave. I did too. I, I thought so too. <laughs> I, I saw you pause, and I was like, he's he's gonna chicken out. <laughs> Uh, I would pay you a thousand dollars to have you not be my hurdy gurdy man. Oh come, I'm a I'm a great hurdy gurdy man. Hurdy gurdy, hurdy gurdy man. Hurdy, I'm a, I'm doing a Doctor Evil doing the <laughs> Macarena right now. Hurdy gurdy. How about he, you? He actually was. Oh, I can't believe it. <laughs> How about you, Tommy boy? 
Yeah, I'm all right. Uh, I just wrapped up. Uh, I just played a show for a friend on the uh, smacking the tubes, uh, playing yeah. the drums. I uh, haven't played drums in, uh, in like five years, and he needed he wanted like a drummer for the show, and I um, I filled in, and uh, it was really fun, and it's like riding a bicycle. It came right back to me, and I think it went like reasonably well. Like it was probably only a little terrible, which is pretty good. Pretty good. Not too shabby. Uh, well, I can also say that I have left this world and I have been transported to the Old West. I have a horse and I have guns and a hat because I'm a cowboy now because that's what Red Dead Redemption 2 lets you do. I am a cowboy. Fuck the real world. I am just in the old west from now on. This is what will save me. Is total retreat into simulation. A cowboy. On a steel horse I ride. I am just a cowboy. You can bond with your horse in this game. It poops dynamically. And its testicles shrink or grow depending on the weather. It is an amazing game. And it's all I want to do every second of the day. Red Dead Redemption 2, everybody. Frank, Frank, put the gun down. Put the gun down, Frank. No. no. Put, put your shirt. It's my revolver. Put, put your shirt back on. Frank, I am legitimately... So happy for you. <laughs> I know you needed this. You're my little cowboy man. I did. So, yeah, pretty fun playing video games. Oh, it's, it's the time, time for the transition. Can this segment just for now and forever be called no? No! No! <laughs> this has been a goddamn shit week full this of bullshit fuck. This is the worst week since we started this show, and we've had some bad ones. Yeah. This we've is had a... some, like, really stare into the abyss, try to figure out what part of this black morass of a world is worth saving, and <laughs> you kind of come out with nothing. This is, this is worse. Uh, okay, so... Um... This is something I mentioned to Justin a little earlier. Maybe it could have gone in the how's it going phase. But uh, uh, the other night, I stayed up till like 4 a.m. watching a multi-part World War II documentary because I think it's every person's duty to watch a World War II documentary at least once a year because it gives perspective. It gives you a North Star to orient yourself against, and it gives you a sense of the actual scope. Uh, so two things. It makes me think two things. Yes, these are very bleak times. Uh, yes, this the uh, the the same thread that led to the, uh, the the Second World War and the atrocities wherein and the waste and the ruin and all that is the same thread we're seeing right now. It also lets you know that we are not there yet. We're not there yet. The scale of destruction, the scale of misbehavior by states and non-states, we're not even close yet. But we are on the same route, and it reminds you. It fucking reminds you, like, everybody needs to just be uh, smacked over the ass like Uma Thurman does to the teenage uh, wannabe Yakuza and Kill Bill Volume 1, uh, that stop pretending to be a Nazi. We really don't like Nazis. Let's remind you why we don't like Nazis so much. Uh, yeah, Nazis uh, and the, uh, the Second World War, the worst catastrophe 
that we can't imagine because our brains can't even hold the scale of the human loss and suffering and physical destruction. So they need to be because that's they're idiots. They're idiots. Uh, and they just need to be fucking smacked to be reminded why you're not Nazis. Yeah. But we're um, heading that way. So Rant just, over. just as like a, a, a run through of the things that happened. Yes. Yeah. The 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 biggest most tragic thing was obviously the shooting in the synagogue in Pittsburgh that killed eleven people, almost all of them elderly, uh, one of whom was a Holocaust survivor. So uh, okay. so uh, that that really when I saw that that really stirred me. I checked into it. Uh, that does, that's not true. Uh, one of it's the, not true. One of the survivors, one of the people who was there, uh, uh, certainly the woman who was killed, the 97-year-old, uh, obviously was old enough to have been a Holocaust survivor, but some of the other folks who there had survived the Shoah. Uh, so, yeah, no, that one really <laughs> that one got me, though. That one really yeah. got me fucking enraged. Uh, yeah, uh, also this week, we, uh, we had a spate of these. We had... Uh, we the... the murders in the yoga studio they caught the bomber guy since the last time we recorded Mm -hmm. also uh uh there was a a tragedy uh two african-american people were gunned down for no other reason than being black uh in which is a tragedy in its own right but a much larger tragedy was averted when the shooter had tried to enter a black church beforehand and the doors were locked um so uh you know, obviously, it's still a tragedy, but it could have been of equal or greater scale of calamity to Pittsburgh. Um, yeah, folks. So let's 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 not mince, mince words here. Uh, the, the the greatest uh, you're, and this has been true probably since maybe a week after September 11th, uh, 2001, that you are mm-hmm. much more likely to be killed by a white male domestic terrorist than uh, any other kind of terrorist. Uh, or a state actor as a United States citizen. Um, yeah. Um, it's jarring. It's infuriating. It's, uh, uh, and uh, we need our leadership to uh, condemn it. But the, the thing it makes me think about is sort of the inherent oxymoronic, I don't know, uh, simultaneous, I don't know, superposition uh, in American Republican conservative politics between being uh, pro-Israel and simultaneously anti-Semitic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, the Americans are very good at squaring that circle um, because they don't really necessarily need to like Jewish people in order to support Israel. They want to keep Israel around because it will trigger the biblical uh, yeah. uh, apocalypse. Yeah, that's, I mean, maybe not consciously in the front of the minds of especially the more like uh, pro-business technocratic Republicans, but that is their their logic. <laughs> have, yeah. you, have you seen these infomercials on uh, like adjacent to the 700 Club where they want you to pay to sponsor uh, elderly Jewish folks moving back to Israel because they think it will, uh, through metaphysics, uh, uh, cause the rapture to happen? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. Madness. Because they truly, they hate this world and the people in it. And they want to blow it up. all they want is the promised end. 
It was great. And I mean, that's why they don't do anything for climate change. Uh, it is American evangelical conservatism is a death cult. Yeah. Well, Christianity is a death cult. Yeah. It's that's in no uh, uncertain terms. John the Baptist was the uh, apocalyptic uh, leader who radicalized a uh, young Jesus. And uh, yeah, they're a fucking uh, apocalyptic subsect. And if I can come away from any politics segment of the show with any uh, sort of pearl of wisdom for listeners, it's this. They want you dead. And they are politicians. They are preachers. Uh, they are CEOs. Their life and gets easier and their pockets get fatter if you are dead. So don't forget that. And it's all kinds of politicians, Democrats, Republicans, all kinds. Your Their lives are easier and they will make more money if you are dead. So get out there and vote. Yeah, let's uh, so let's vote. Let's 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 turn. Okay, let's turn away from despondency because uh, we have to. Because yeah. uh, no, seriously, because we have to. It's our fucking duty to. We need to keep our morale up uh, because we are not in a war yet. We don't even know who the uh, who the combatants would be in a hypothetical war. Although that's where our catastrophic thinking has gone. We are not there yet, though. At the same time. It's like finding a lump on your body or something like that. You know what I mean? Uh, you can have catastrophic, fanciful thinking immediately. Think, oh, this is a terrible disease. I'm going to die immediately. Indeed, you have actually found something of great concern. Things of great concern are happening, and you, we need to take it seriously, and we need to keep things in proportion. We need to react proportionally to the tragedies that are happening. Uh, and uh, But we need to recognize that we are not in open, uh, absolute war uh, yet, and we need to be careful be at all costs to keep that from happening. So yes, let's indeed talk about the normal institution of elections. Let's talk about the midterm elections on Tuesday, day after tomorrow. We're going to try to have this out before then. Uh, it's a big one. Uh, the forecasters, although who knows how good forecasts are anymore. Obviously, we all thought Nate Silver yeah. uh, was our uh, Adivan uh, in 2016. But, yeah, 2016 uh, really threw a wrench in my faith in any of that kind of predicting. And uh, there, there are some in the predicting world who say that there are empirical reasons for why these things are harder to call. Um, but coming down to the wire, if you go to 538 right now, most likely Democrats take the House back first time since 2010. Most likely, the Senate remains. Uh, they might flip a single seat. Maybe. It's unlikely. Uh, but there, there's an outside, very outside shot that the, they also flip the Senate. Probably not. And then there's a whole spate of local and gubernatorial elections, which um, we're probably going to see a, a bit of blue wave-like activity. Um, Yeah, um, and I, I I've mentioned this Justin before. <laughs> we we brought back sad Justin. Uh, <laughs> this is the closest thing to a format this segment has, which is me and Frank <laughs> talk. Justin goes quiet, and then he gives an uproarious uh, uh, thing at the end. <clears throat> <clears throat> it's a dream. 
fuck. The impossible dream. God damn it. To fly like an eagle that flies. To vote with your last ounce of courage. To dream the implausible fly. So I think I think we uh. can pretty safely. I uh, speaking for the editorial staff here at Plaid Lads Media. Uh, are we ready to endorse basically taking your finger in the state of New Jersey and dragging it down the Democratic yeah. column? Here's the thing: fuck yeah. the Republicans and anybody who is one. <laughs> Go yeah. fuck yourself. Yeah, and fuck Democrats too. Democrats are shit. Everybody's yeah. shit. Anybody who has power over anyone else is a piece of shit. Doesn't matter though, because our votes uh, mean something. Uh, it doesn't mean what it should mean. Doesn't mean what we deserve it to mean. But it does fucking mean something. You have a choice, ladies and gentlemen. You have a choice of uh, death and destruction and nihilism or a chance. A chance for a world to grow. A chance for people to better themselves. A chance. Only a chance. Uh, it's because uh, nobody's going to do anything for anybody else because it's a, a, a shit species. But, 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 but there is a chance. And I say take that chance. Yeah, we just have to hope that like a, a fentanyl addicted Russian teenager isn't like <laughs> at a computer right now prepping a way into these polling places. And like uh, we have many memes uh, to send these uh, American uh, voters through Facebook and Twitter and does, does we that... take their votes and we put them in different places. That was that was that was, that was like a B minus. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was Scottish. <laughs> uh, so yeah, no, his fingers just fell off from the crocodile. Uh, yeah. So, but one thing to keep in mind is we need to res- we need to resist the knee jerk impulse to say it's on both sides. Yeah, exactly. No, it's, it's more. Yeah, it, it is almost exclusively this new kind of world order of politics is exclusively happening being driven by the right if the democrats are uh dipping their toes into it it's only because uh it's the only way uh it's you know they're doing it to keep up as an arms race and they're not even engaging in it that much which has been frustrating because they keep being defeated uh but we we need to remind ourselves that this is a small contingent that is manipulating the masses uh using uh cutting strategies using the media we've seen it before we need to be vigilant uh, and, uh, yeah, we, when we can, where we can, we need to get them out of power through the legitimate means that we have at our disposal. Uh, because trust me, folks, you don't, you can, uh, daydream about it. I daydream about it for sure, but we don't want to do it by the other means because the other means, um, we all live nice cushy lives and I'd rather do that than, uh, die. And there is a real feeling of of change in uh, the young, the young folks. And 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 I believe uh, in the meantime, while we're waiting, waiting for that great change, fuck the Republicans, get them out, uh, work with the shit that we've got Uh, uh and it will slowly change, but yes, it's not an equal <laughs> yeah. level of shit. It's 
It's a nihilist death cult versus uh, 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 cowardly uh, self-opportunities. Opportunities. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think the Republicans have seeded the common American. I think Democrats kind of represent all Americans who are in the right-wing extremist camp, and that's a problem for the future uh, for if uh, we ever do uh, get these fuckers out uh, of the government. Uh, because we need uh, a political spectrum to be represented uh, by different groups. Uh, and, and this is a complicated point, but they've taken the, the Republican Party. This specific Republican Party has hijacked the concept of conservatism. And this might be a very controversial to say at this thing to say at this moment, but we need conservatives. We need a spectrum of political opinions because, yes, you can go too far with entitlements. Uh, I I was gonna say that we also need social conservatives. Um, uh, we we don't need social conservatives. They're just fuddy duddies. We're just dragging them along like so much dead weight. They'll catch up eventually. But but no, we we need people who are a bit slightly hawkish. Uh, uh, we need people who are a little tight with the purse strings. Um, to balance out so we can actually have consensus. We need consensus. Yeah, I don't know if that's gonna happen. <laughs> Well, it's not going to happen. I'm saying this is this is, you know, the uh, who's the lady from New York who's like our age and um, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. Thank you. Uh, we're going to need her and the other Democratic Socialists to form a new uh, left party, and we're going to need uh, Lockstock uh, Democrats to form the new center right party, and uh, we're taking a giant leap to the left. But that's only uh, after we can sort of put a fire extinguisher to this chemical fire of right-wing extremism that's happening in this country that's killing us by the way you know with these terrorist attacks so fucking christ oh and other things you know like an inability to go to the doctor yeah yeah climate change yeah it's yep plaid <laughs> lads and we won't give up without <laughs> Hey, fellas, after we we hit the polls together, because we're going to vote together multiple times in multiple states. Wait, no, no, no. (laughs) After that, fellas. I'm not even a U.S. citizen. What is vote? I'm a little baby. I vote for for whatever gives me more benefits from the Trump government. I am Anko baby. I am 20 ghosts. (laughs) Anyway, let's go to the movies. (laughs) Glad let's go to the movies. Glad let's go to the movies. Movies are the... Anyway. Take it, Frank. The movie we're talking about this week is 2014's The Clouds of Sils Maria, directed by Olivier Assayas, starring Juliette Binoche, Kristen Stewart, and Chloe Grace Moretz. And in this particular motion picture, uh, Juliette Binoche plays a middle-aged actress uh, who is returning to a play that she uh, began her career with. Uh, It's a play called The Maloya Snake. And it is a play that is uh, sort of intentionally recalling the Rainer Werner Fassbender film, The Bitter Tears of Petra von Kant, uh, 
in that it is about two uh, women in a relationship and there is an older woman and the younger woman and the older woman is continually sort of abused and uh, mistreated by the younger woman. Uh, And that sort of gets shaded into the, the film when they show bits of the play. And as she's rehearsing for the play, she takes along her assistant, Valentine, who's played by Kristen Stewart. And their relationship sort of makes up the bulk of the film, Uh, the way they sort of intertwine with each other and interact and their identities and thoughts and feelings sort of meld and and mesh. Uh, And the younger woman uh, in the play is going to be played by a character played by Chloe Grace Moretz, who is a sort of Lindsay Lohan-esque troubled starlet who is sort of all over the social media being drunk and crazy. And uh, it's a movie. It is a movie. movie. Moving on. on. (laughs) (laughs) So this week on Frasier. So, yeah, no, no, totally. Uh, 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 you got the dynamic of the the uh, the older and younger woman and their talks while they're in the reclusive, beautiful mountain environment. They're staying in the uh, the house of the now widowed uh, Rosa, who is the widow of the uh, playwright uh, Wilhelm, uh, who wrote the play. And we never meet him, but he kind of looms large. And to me, it kind of struck me as... Uh, um, it struck me as uh, the film Persona meets the film yes. Funny People. Yeah. Mm. And uh, with, a, with a lot of Birdman in it. A lot of Birdman. It's true. Yeah. Because uh, there's there's like a running sub uh, thing of uh, taking pot shots at uh, superhero movies. That oh, is my yeah. favorite thing. I can't wait to talk about that. That's one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it's funny that you mentioned Birdman because uh, when this particular film came out, I did a double feature of this and Birdman on the same day. Uh, we we touched on this uh, the other week when we did all that jazz, uh, but oh my God, Gargantuan. And these are some of my favorite kinds of movies. Uh, uh, day for Night, uh, uh, Birdman, uh, 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 Art with Art Inside. Art with mm-hmm. fake art inside. I've, yeah. I, I find these are my least favorite kinds of movies, even though really? these were good Why? movies. Because it's like, oh my God. Okay, guy. <laughs> okay. Anytime I pick up a book that has a writer as the main character, fuck yourself. This isn't doing that though. This no. isn't. This this is having. Uh, this does have uh, um, a greater point. I don't have honestly much to say about the film itself, the the plot or anything. It's it's fairly um, uh, simple. Yeah, um, disagree wholeheartedly. <laughs> but I think it's a a full, wonderful character piece. Yeah, of uh, such incredible subtle acting. Uh, Juliette Binoche is incredible in this film, but Kristen Stewart, she's amazing, is amazing, and is so subtle. Her scenes where she's running lines with Juliette Binoche's character. There's uh, like a, a like a secret fire behind her eyes that you can tell it's like, oh, I'm I'm acting in this scene yeah. <laughs> yeah, with this incredible a, actress. <laughs> yeah, Kristen Stewart is a legitimately incredible actress and performer. She uh, last year started another Olivier Assayas movie called Personal Shopper, which mm-hmm. she is great in. Um, and she her and Robert Pattinson 
have kind of become these incredible performers in their own right who have made really interesting and daring choices with the movies that they have made. Uh, and they are still unfortunately hounded by the specter of the Twilight movies, which were not their fault. Um, uh, I thought there was a wonderful irony uh, in this movie with the uh, the Joanne the Joanne yes. character uh, because uh, uh, she was uh, Kristen Stewart uh, in this film. Yeah, what Kristen Stewart is in reality, uh, dogged by they had uh, a hilarious sort of excerpt from one of the. Uh, faux marvel movies that uh that the young actress yeah. did with this sort of like hammy dialogue and special effects um yeah i want to talk about that but please <laughs> yeah i want to talk about that because afterward juliette binoche and Kristen stewart have uh-huh. this argument yes about the merits of the film and it's a moment in the movie where i kind of realized that the script was treating both of their art was, was taking both of their arguments seriously. Yes. Which is what I enjoyed because Julia Binoche, uh, obviously her character totally dismisses it. Think there's thinks they're stupid. Um, and you know, sort of juvenilia and trash and not worth watching or talking about. And Kristen Stewart kind of takes this, you know, for lack of a better term, Tumblr teen sort of, early grad school take on it, which is sounds dismissive, but it's not because she's making a legitimate argument about what she finds resonant and meaningful in these movies, uh, which is usually sort of like a character based um, reading of how the movies work and what they do. And and, and that's really what uh, uh, what this movie does so well and is is truly about is like the central one of the central conflicts in the film is that continued uh, disagreement of the yeah. reading of art between those two characters. And it extends to the play that they are rehearsing. Uh, uh, Kristen Stewart's character feels completely dismissed <laughs> yeah. with any of her readings uh, on the play. Um, and eventually she leaves the employment because it's it, uh, because of it. Yeah. Um, not, not only leaves, Literally, when they are hiking in the Alps where they're rehearsing and running these lines, uh, as they have their sort of final disagreement about uh, what's going on with the play and uh, a character moment, uh, Juliette Binoche turns around and Kristen Stewart's character, uh, Valentine, is just gone. Yeah. She disappears and is never seen or heard from again. So uh, that kind of gets me to I really want to I f- touch on all these because I feel like for me uh, you, you guys haven't brought this up uh, but for me I feel like uh, a huge structural thing in this film uh, is uh, the play uh, mm-hmm. the, uh, the 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 was it the Maloya snake Mal- Maloya snake uh, is is the love between the the older and the younger and they are sort of seen as antipodes of uh, of uh, character and uh, the the big uh, twist uh, with it is that this young, uh, uh, much loved uh, theater director wants to have uh, uh, Maria Enders, the, uh, uh, the Julia Binoche character, uh, play who initially played the younger of the two. Uh, mm-hmm. Twenty years later, come back and play uh, the older of the pairing, uh, than yep. the young star that will play the young one. And sort of the uh, there's a disagreement between the the director. 
of the Seagrid character, the young character, and Julia Pinoche. Julia Pinoche thinks that she's just this free wild spirit, and that sort of explains her behavior. There's this sort of like douchey. Um, oh, I don't want to call him uh, Weinstein esque, but this sort of douchey. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, very misogynistic actor, dude, self-important, oh, God, and, and yes. just and just just reads <laughs> her, him. reads her, uh, read the young secret character as just sort of manipulative, an arch manipulator. Which which that disagreement, uh, um, right, Meanders uh, tells the director she's not doing it. But then when this asshole comes in and yeah. starts shitting on the character, she's oh no, yeah, yeah, I'm doing it. Yeah, um, um, but sort of the the big thing is maybe. Is uh, is uh, Maria Enders turning from Secret to Helena, the older character, the more conventional one, who's sort of steamrolled, and uh, sort of the the allegory is maybe that uh, Kristen Stewart is supposed to be. Uh, because she's younger and she's reading the lines of the younger actress or the younger character secret that you're supposed to think that she is the secret I think and I think the scene where she disappears kind of highlights it where uh, 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 Maria Enders Julie Binoche, uh stays secret it's just secret 20 years later because she steamrolls Helena Kristen Stewart Valentine it's complicated uh, and they have a misreading over uh, whether or not uh, uh, Helena kills herself when she disappears into the mountains. Yes. Uh, Kristen Stewart thinks that she potentially could have ran off and started a new life, whereas Sigrid, <clears throat> Julie Vinoche, <clears throat> uh, Maria Enders, uh, is uh, so self-possessed, so self-observer, that she just oh assumes, oh, she killed herself, clearly, because she doesn't even have object permanence with this person, this character, so she's gone, so she must be dead. Uh, and uh, I think maybe Valentine re- reveals herself as Helena uh, and uh, disappears, or, says this observer in parentheses in my notes here. He's got so many fucking notes. <laughs> uh, maybe she actually did die. We don't know she didn't die. <laughs> yeah, Just we don't, don't know she there. didn't die. That's, that's a great point. I, it, but yes, the, the whole time uh, Kristen Stewart is, is basically defending the older character. Um, yeah. And Juliette Binoche the whole time is hates it hates refuses to accept that she wants to leave the play at one point refuses to accept that that uh this this kinder more nuanced reading on on the older character until finally in like the last act i don't mean to jump ahead in the last act in the middle of this cacophony of of scandal for the chloe grace moretz's character who uh, she was uh, in an affair with a famous uh, famous writer whose wife attempts uh, suicide. So mm. in the middle of all of this, Juliette Minoche is quietly there and seems to be accepting, finally, uh, this role and truly accepting it until the heartbreaking slap in the face. This whole movie is her accepting uh, this nuanced uh, character that that it's always been set up that one is weak and one is powerful and strong but no she was young and strong and now she is older and strong and then the she says to the chloe great uh moretz character you know uh when i when you do this thing when i'm crying like give it a beat you know really i i find that 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 uh gives a a good uh, emotional thing to my character and chloe grace moretz says Oh no no! Nobody cares about that character. When nobody when, gives a fuck, no, says. nobody gives a fuck about basically about you, and, and bam, 
the the slap in the face. It's it's great uh, and heartbreaking. Uh, speaking of Chloe Grace Moretz, there's a moment that I feel like only I notice when mm. I watch this. I don't know if you guys noticed this. You're the only one very Frank true to me in the whole world. Sorry. I am. Go ahead. Uh, they they do a YouTube clip of Chloe Grace Moretz's character at Comic Con saying that she got this role in the play. Mm. And she mispronounces the name, but she mispronounces it in a way that is intentional, I think, to the script and to the movie. Uh, she she calls it the Maloha Snake. And it's one of those things where it's like that feels very true yeah. to me, like a dumb ish, like sort of shitty, dismissive starlet person would not even bother to think about how a word is actually pronounced and yeah. just pronounce it phonetically. Yeah. Um, and That's, that that always gets me. Yeah. That's not. Go ahead. Uh, that that brings me uh, to a thing that I loved about this film that I haven't seen portrayed so uh, well. Um, there are so many screens in this movie. Yeah. 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 There are so many uh, iPads and, and cell phones and television screens and shot so very uglily in the yes. sense that it's real. <laughs> you never see that in films. And I'm not sure what the legality is with uh, showing depictions of actual web services. Like they actually showed actual mm -hmm. YouTube, actual Google. But the God, God love them for not having her open her her i iPunk iPunk yes. and open it to cybersearch.net. Yes, <laughs> I very specifically when she's googling something on her iPad, very naturally, and she's actually doing it. I remembered a scene from Roman Polanski's. Uh, Ghostwriter, yeah, the yes. Ghostwriter, I think. Yeah, where <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, where um, uh, Obi Wan Kenobi <laughs> is uh, gungling a, a, a double. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's on uh, gungle.com, and, and and it's obviously just CGI. <laughs> it's just fake. Talking about uh, the actress and the assistant reading lines. Did they ever get either of you two? Because they did this thing where they don't introduce that they're reading lines. Yes. And the first time I was like, oh, I'm yeah. on to you. Oh, I'm so fucking on to you. Oh, this is so clever. I'm like, ha yeah. ha ha, Olivier, you didn't fool this koi cat. Uh, and then by the, like the third time they used that device, I was like, oh, what? They're finally having this out? Oh, it's just the play. Yes. Amazing. Yeah. They just float uh, in between the two uh, uh, so perfectly. Beautifully done. Um, and some of the and you already talked about this, Justin, but like the uh, it's like me trying to explain the plot where it's the actresses who play the actresses who mm. are the characters and the thing. Uh, where Kristen Stewart's performance as an actress playing a person who's not an actress trying to act with an actress. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and like I said, like you can see that like hidden behind everything. It's on several layers. One, there's the character she's playing. Two, she doesn't want to show uh, Maria Anders up. up or that she's so very excited to be doing this. So under the, all of those masks, you can tell that she's like a part of her is saying, I'm fucking running lines and doing a scene with Maria fucking Enders playing her part. Yeah, it's um, it's it's a remarkable piece of acting from both people. You know, they're they're both doing really incredible things with this film. And Chloe Grace Moretz, I think, is is yeah. giving a really great performance, too. And she has a tough uh, character to do because it's 
she's the least likable character in the whole movie. Um, but and, but you also, it, she feels real, like a real person, yeah. especially when she's uh, when you compare her public persona that uh, from uh, uh, YouTube, you know, yeah, to when they finally actually meet, and she seems like uh, no, like an actual human being. It's it's great. Yeah, uh, she was like a faux starlet. That 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 gave me that gave me weird feels because the actual starlet was the unknown assistant. Uh, who's in the middle of the age dynamic, uh, and then the actual young starlet is a probably very promising uh, actress who's going to have a great storied career, but is nowhere near as famous or uh, uh, reckless as uh, as an actual Hollywood. Uh, What's the biggest thing, Chloe Grace? <laughs> what, are what are you doing? Frank has been <laughs> feverishly working away trying to find something. <laughs> it's, it's my favorite fake Google in the history of fake Googles. It's go fetch for me. Jesus. <laughs> uh, from the excellent ITV. Oh. Oh. That's from the excellent ITV uh, detective Jesus. series Cracker, starring Robbie Coltrane. Jesus. Shut the fuck up about Robbie Coltrane. <laughs> I talk about Robbie Coltrane all the time. I can't help it. Oh, my God. Yes, I get it. He's uh, a delightful man. Jesus. My third favorite Coltrane. Um, so we're all in agreement. This movie fucking sucks, right? <laughs> yeah, no, it's not good at all. Fuck you, Olivier Assayas. Uh, one last note on just uh, how Swiss this movie was, and how sort of, sort of the the pan European identity. Everybody's like trilingual, except Valentine, of course. Uh, and yeah, it's just super beautiful and uh, cozy, like another another uh, mountain wind movie, like uh, Black Narcissus. Gorgeous. Yeah. Anything else to add, Frank? That's a great film. Shut the, the fuck, fuck up, up Frank. Frank. Jesus Jesus Christ. fucking Christ. Nobody cares. I don't give a fuck about Robbie Coltrane. <laughs> you should. All right. He's a wonderful man. <laughs> this week we talked about the 2011 Stephen Malkmus and the Jicks record Mirror Traffic. This was produced by a little-known musician by the name of Beck. And uh, this was the second Beck and Hansen. Beck Hansen. This was the second and last record uh, recorded in the studio with drummer Janet Weiss of Quasi and Slater Kenny fame. And uh, Wild Flag. Hmm? And Wild and Flag, Wild. who uh, are now a footnote in music history. Um, but that for, that album was great. We'll come back. We'll get to it, guys. We'll get to it. <laughs> uh, so uh, just this was recorded very quickly. Uh, uh, in uh, on analog tape, uh, the primary tracking done before the Pavement Reunion tour of 2010, and then the overdubs and vocals done after the Pavement Reunion tour. What do we think, fellas? This is a weird album in that I I was I was into Stephen Malkmus for a bit before this, but then this move uh, this album came out and. Uh, and it suddenly and without warning became one of my favorite albums of all time. Uh, it's inexplicably amazing and uh, the best thing I've ever heard in my life. One of. Um, yeah, I like this album a lot. I have a weird relationship to it in that I was getting into pavement at the time this album was coming out. Uh, and at the time that they were doing the reunion tour. Um, 
So my initial impression of this album was, why doesn't it sound more like Wowie Zowie? Mm. And I kind of just wanted it to be a little bit more pavementy. Uh, I have since grown to like it a lot more than I did when I first listened to it. Uh, I just had to sort of teach myself to take it as a separate thing yes. and to take it as, as not pavement. Because if you can't separate that, then, you know, it's useless. And and even within that, this is a separate f- thing. I, um, I believe there are three eras of Stephen Malkmus. Though I'm not as familiar with pavement, so there might be more within pavement. But there's pavement, and then from his self-titled solo album through to, what's the one before Mirror Traffic? Real Emotional Trash. Real Emotional Trash. That is one unit. And then his last three albums, uh, Mirror Traffic, Wig Out, Jag Bags, and... Uh, Sparkle Hard. Sparkle Hard are all of a piece. And I've gone on record as saying I much prefer Steve Malcolmus and the Jicks over Pavement. And I... You're a crazy person. Oh, I am not. I think you're dumb and stupid. <laughs> I think you uh, <laughs> just want to be cool. <laughs> you don't like... You like young floppy haired gentlemen as opposed to old floppy haired gentlemen. <laughs> no, it's been established. I like Robbie Coltrane. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Uh, yeah, no. Did you uh, see the picture I sent? Yes, I see it. God <laughs> damn it. sent a Frank. picture of Robbie Coltrane. Uh, <laughs> rest is little Richard, geez. essentially. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Totally. Uh, this record, uh, first of all, this record's a behemoth. It's 15 tracks. Uh, if you cut out Jumble Gloss, which is kind of like a noise collage, uh, it's 14 tracks, which is a lot of fucking tracks. And these are songs. These are songs. Uh, these are actual, like, ABAB bridge uh, kind of songs. Uh, it comes hot on the heels of Real Emotional Trash, and it was a really big change. Uh, uh, sort of uh, all of his uh, solo records and a lot of pavement. It was sort of laden with. Um, Long protracted songs with long guitar solos. Uh, the Malkmus and the Jick stuff was more sort of proggy. Uh, uh, Real Emotional Trash had, I think, uh, three eight plus minute tracks on it, dueling guitar solos, mm. story songs, real abstract stuff, uh, songs about pirates and witch mountains and uh, sleigh stacks and. Uh, <laughs> Uh, 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 rancors, <laughs> uh, and this one is very personal. It's got a lot of like, mm-hmm. it's got a lot of themes in there about like middle age and fatherhood, and uh, yeah. much like the movie, talking about social media, too busy putzing around the internet. Mm-hmm. He kind of he grew up a little bit with this album. Yes, got um, a haircut, a real job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, every everything, pavement especially the the music of pavement. That's a young man's, <laughs> it's a uh, man's body of work. It is. It is. I, I am a huge fan of uh, Wowie Zowie. Uh, yeah. I never at the time, or not at the time, but I never really got into the rest of it. And I feel, I fear it's too late. <laughs> it's not too late. Those, yeah. those hold up. I, well, I listen to those albums pretty frequently. They, they hold up really well. Um, But I, I think throughout all of them is that, and I think this album uh, is, uh, I, th- I believe, a pinnacle of it, is uh, Steve Malkmus is uh, a savant uh, genius of melody. I believe mm. when he was a young child out in the um, 
Stockton, California. Stockton, California, picking oranges and uh, smoking a joint. Um, a castaway Greek god walked up to him and put their arms around his face and said, uh, breathed into his ear. And then he gained the ability to make Justin weep with a single chord change. <laughs> so wait, do you like it? Fuck this album. Face the truth's better. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lie of the century. Um, have you guys dug into Silver Jews at all? I have. Uh, so okay. So Silver Jews. Uh, so I'm I'm like a fucking Malcolmus historian. Uh, so yeah. when I believe in their post college days, it was uh, sharing an apartment. It was Dave Berman of Silver Jews with Bob Nastanovich of Pavement and Stephen Malcolmus, and uh, they were all bros hanging out. And uh, basically, those three, uh, uh, obviously Bob Nastanovich and Malcolmus did the pavement stuff, but uh, in the early days of Matador Records, uh, Berman also got a record deal, and you know Malcolmus is singing backup vocals, Nastanovich is playing that super familiar pavement drumming style. Um, it's great stuff. It's totally, totally different to Pavement and Malcolmus's outlook. It's like sleazy and trashy. It's a lot more poetic and lyrical. Um, definitely worth a listen. Uh, what is it? What's the one? Starlight Walker with Trains Across the Sea and mm. also American Water. Definitely recommend. But we're talking about Mirror Traffic. Uh, so this Good al- album. This album sounds beautiful. This is the best sound. I was listening to it earlier through monitors and it is sounds better than any other Malcolmus record pretty handily. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't I think well this this album is definitely like you were saying like a sea change. Mm-hmm. for him everything that like comes after album. this one sounds better than his early shit yeah i would say it's solo or yeah the jicks you would the jicks is like a solo experiment for him even though it's a band but it, like it's about steve these are stephen malcolmus songs not <laughs> stephen malcolmus and friends uh, right. I, I, with sort of the uh, the um, the arrangements, though, I think the band has a fair amount of input. You guys might love this record and the records after it, but this record could be my favorite Malcolmus record. But it's in a dead heat with uh, freaking Piglib. Piglib is amazing. You're all idiots. Eat my bank. Wowie Zowie's better. Wowie Zowie's great. Yeah. I I once when I, I was in a DMV. Bright in the corners. Right in the corners is great too. Uh, there's no bad pavement albums. I'm gonna go out on that limb. They're all good, good to great. Uh, once when I was in a DMV, I decided to uh, test to see how long I was waiting to see how many times I could listen to Wowie Zowie straight through. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was two. Jesus Christ! It was two Wowie Zowie. Yeah. That is a huge album. It's By- a long album. By the second uh, Pueblo, you must have been real fucking. <laughs> I was, I was not happy. I um once was in a college class at community college, and it, it was just a poor, boring math teacher, and students just kept getting up and walking out and leaving, and or like literally talking on the phone, and I was looking at these people, and I was like. These fucking assholes. Show this guy some respect. And a minute later, I realized I was in my head listening to um, what song? Shit, Tom, what song? Uh, 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 Rain Down. 
No, not Brain Gallop. No, it's from Wowie Zowie. Oh. Uh, Rattled by the Rush. <laughs> I realized, and I was literally playing air guitar <laughs> in the middle of class. My shirt and not burden. We should have done Wowie Zowie, guys. <laughs> oh, man. This week, Dr. Fraser Crane has purchased a piece of art. And it's not just any piece of art. It's art from a famous artist. It's a Paxton people. Paxton Marie people. Paxton. But, oh, no. Frazier's embarrassed. It's not by the person. She says it's not hers. She's bald. <laughs> she, he goes and is fucked over by the fucking pieces of shit at the art gallery. It's fucking bullshit. It's one of the only times. Fuck it. All right, I'm going to start over. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Plaid lads love Frazier. Jazz hands. Dr. Frazier Crane has fucked himself over by trying to be a snotty little piece of shit. We're using the first one. <laughs> God damn it. Plaid lads love Frazier. Dr. Fraser Crane purchased art. Art is bad. He purchased wrongly. He goes to a gallery. They say no money back. You can't have it. Fraser and Niles throw brick in wall into the, they get their come up and believe you me. Oh yes, they do. They get their come up and this week on Fraser the crucible 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 doing a dance okay no wait no wait i am not a witch oh and day you dailies okay uh, i think we need to take that again no, no. perfect <laughs> i'm using all of those yeah, guys. Oh, okay. Let's talk about this episode of Frasier, I guess. Here's, here's what I want to get out ahead of. Um, the lady who plays Marie Paxton in the episode is not a cancer patient, so we can make fun of her for being bald. She shaved her hair herself. That was part of her performance art. Rachel Rosenthal was her name. She passed away in 2015. Jesus Christ, Frank, <laughs> Mr. Research. Uh, so, yeah, no, I think they even take a pot shot at her at the, uh, at the art gallery. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, man, a uh, lot going on here. It's, it's it's still early days. This episode feels weird, but I feel like this is the first episode of Frasier, maybe some weirdness, that feels like a typical episode of Frasier. Uh, Frasier, squarely the anti-hero, embarrasses himself. They are fully in his big speeches that are immediately uh, yeah. deflated. Uh, this is starting to feel like good stuff. I, I agree with most of that, but I, I disagree in that th I think this is a rare time that Frazier is in the right. Yeah. It is is there no justice? <laughs> it's it's completely true. I'm 100% on his side. He's usually a pompous piece of shit asshole. And no, no, that is super unethical what that gallery was doing. Uh, Martin pulls a prank on him when he has him call the police precinct and he says, oh, f forward the call to the uh, fine arts forgeries department and it's a big joke and they laugh at him. There is a fine yeah. arts forgery. It's the FBI. No, they, that's a real thing. Yeah. No, no, it's the US. Uh, it's, the, it's the Secret Service. They investigate uh, 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 counterfeiting. Absolutely. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> 
Um, also, notably, just in terms of like nuts and bolts plot stuff, this is the first episode where almost everyone meets Roz. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, was it? I imagine there'd be a lot of beige. She says. Yes. <laughs> I, yes. Uh, also, can I just? I, this really struck me watching this episode where he he throws a little soiree uh, for uh, for the artist to come look at the painting. Uh, who the fuck were all those people? <laughs> <laughs> He like, makes mention. I think one of them's like a senator or something. Like they they throw around on the show whenever he has like a cocktail party that he is somehow pretty high up there in society. And it's like uh, he's a psychiatrist with a radio show. Well, that's, everybody, no, no, no. I feel like that's some early series weirdness because in later episodes where he throws parties, it's usually for a thing. It's like the opera society, or it's yeah. like this. And sometimes he struggles to get people to come. There are full episodes multiple episodes where he throws a party and nobody shows up and his feelings are crushed so yeah. like they cut to the scene and it's all this like happening music and there's a bunch of young people talking like uh extras you know and so i'm sitting there going who the fuck are all these people mm -hmm. <laughs> they don't know frazier what does daphne say at the party i remember it being very funny what when she's she make, makes a joke or something oh she says that uh she says that Oh, I think uh, no. Uh, she no. says, I, I, I think uh, death is you go down a long, dark tunnel and you suddenly get all the jokes you never got before. You have a little chuckle and then you die. Yes, I like that yeah. very much. I found that very charming. Uh, uh, this continues the plot thread as well uh, of Martin's yeah. uh, obsession with the uh, sex yeah. worker murders. That was more of a thing in these early seasons. It was. Uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's showing graphic crime scene photos, uh, uh, to his, uh, Frasier's illustrious guests. And then, uh, he claims that she brought it up. And when Frasier pushes, oh, she said these, uh, Swedish meatballs were the messiest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. This is a very silly episode. There's a lot of, uh, uh also off screen, uh, Maris. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. She's sleeping on the bed with the coats. Under the coats. Uh, yeah. Under the coats, yes. <laughs> because uh, the pressure to be interesting is exhausting. <laughs> yeah. And, and um, there's a great line where Niles, who is extremely horny for Daphne. Disgusting. Uh, he's really gross this episode. <laughs> he's sniffing her hair. It's disgusting. He's sniffing her, her hair. Butt. Yeah. Um, and uh, a gentleman comes up to him and says, uh, he says, I'm a happily married man. And then instantly a gentleman comes up to him and says, uh, where should I, what should I do with my coat? And he goes, oh, just throw it on the bed. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. burying Maris under this man's coat. So I think we see Niles's uh, leching after uh, Daphne happen. But we also start to see a little bit of what Niles' greater character arc is, which is he's mm. kind of becoming less stiff and pretentious mm. and opening up. Uh, and we see that when he opens up to Frazier when he's about to hurl the brick through the shop window and he opens up about his bullying as a kid uh, and tries to convince Frazier to to listen to reason and be the better man. But then he himself takes the brick yes. after hearing his nickname was Peach Fuzz uh, uh, after being uh, tied naked to the uprights of a football field. Yeah, that's that's like not even bullying. That's straight up abuse. Jesus. So he hurls a prick himself, which is, I think, a step on his journey to loosening up. And for anybody uh, counting at home, uh, that was the scene that I cried at this week. Ah. <laughs> well, I knew we'd get there. I found it very moving, and they played it so incredibly straight. They are great actors. 
And yeah, that's... no, this what's great about this show, especially in its early goings, is it gives itself space to do different things yes. a little bit within each episode. Sometimes it doesn't work so well. Like I didn't think it worked well last week with the telescope episode mm. uh, just because I didn't feel like it had earned it. Uh, but I think this one earns it a little bit more. Yeah. Totes. Totally. It's a, it's a really good episode. It's a great uh, one. We were not making fun of a, a medical condition with that lady. <laughs> yeah, I no. just want to read. I mean, I know I bald, was bald as a musk melon. Uh, yeah. Oh, and by the way, speaking of Daphne's uh, uh, psychic powers, uh, they're confirmed again. It's confirmed again. Yeah, they're looking they for keep a missing doing hearing. It. They drop it pretty quick, though, as but I recall. I think like, they, it's not that much. Longer. They knew they were getting themselves into a, a little bit of a plot kerfuffle if they had a genuinely yeah. uh, yeah. clairvoyant character. Though, though it comes back later on, uh, poignantly, oh. when she uh, sees like a statue of a dragon. And oh. and she knows that it's Niles who has feelings for her. Oh oh oh! Yep yep yep. Spoiler alert, everybody! His That's his his, his hacking away at her finally uh, gets her in five years. It's gross. Yeah. Fuck this show. Fuck Frasier. Fuck Frasier. You know who's in the last ever episode of Frasier? Who's that? Laura Robbie Coltrane. God uh, damn it! Daphne. He's one of Daphne's brothers. Boys, 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 what have we been consuming? What do we want to recommend? How are we feeling? Answer any of these questions, or all of them. Nah, just, just one of them, if you please. Uh, I want to recommend a show starring Robbie Coltrane. No, <laughs> God, Christ. you're a freaking one no, note. No, uh, I'm, I'm going to recommend Grant Morrison's Doom Patrol. Oh, uh, because there is a uh, TV adaptation for uh, Doom Patrol coming out very soon on DC's streaming service. Uh, and if you want to really understand one of the best runs in the history of any comics uh, medium ever, Start with Grant Morrison's Doom Patrol. It it still feels fresh in 2016 or 2018, rather, uh, as it uh, uh, did in the early 90s. Uh, basically, it is the story of the Doom Patrol, which was a uh, sort of oddball superhero group from the 60s that Grant Morrison decided to revamp and bring back into the 90s. And he did so by sort of merging it with surrealism and Dadaism and uh, alternative music and da, uh, da, discussions da. Of, of mental health and magic and psychiatry. And it is one of the wildest, craziest comics ever uh, conceived. Grant Morrison's Doom Patrol. Check it out. Nice. nice. Don't tell me what to do. Justin. Um, I would like to recommend uh, a, a few um, short story collections that I recently um, have read. Um Dreadful Young Ladies and Other Stories by Kelly Barnhill. It's a, a beautiful uh, collection of um, magical realist and horror uh, short fiction. Uh, she usually writes uh, YA novels, but uh, it's uh, beautiful and whimsical. It's, it's like a gentle Shirley Jackson. Um, uh, and then I want to recommend Gut Shot by Amelia Gray. And Her Body and Other Parties by Carmen Maria Mercado. Um, both uh, very dark horror and sci-fi collections with a um, 
feminist uh, bent to them, I highly recommend them. Cool. What's that fucking smirk, Frank? Nothing. Nothing. You started smirking when I said feminist bent. <laughs> no, I was not smirking. <laughs> How about you, Tommy boy? I panically look around the room for uh, something to recommend, and I found this little book here. Uh, so uh, I've been uh, reading this kind of lighthearted, but uh, this this book called Pants Drunk, uh, which I'll read the subtitle, The Finished Path to Relaxation, parentheses, drinking at home alone in your underwear. Pants Drunk, I think, is a bit of an Anglican, like, because... Uh, English people call underwear pants pants so I think an Americanization would be underwasted maybe but it's a it's a a legit thing uh, where all the Nordic countries have their sort of uh, Zen relaxation thing that involves sort of you know getting cozy enjoying beverages but the Finnish yes yes exactly they talk about that a great deal in here but the Finnish uh, being the pragmatic and poor lot they are uh, in the most foreboding climate uh, like to just, uh, with a small task to do, take off all clothes that aren't keeping you warm or making you comfortable, get a nice buzz going, not too drunk, uh, and then have a little something to do, a, l- a little something to do. And it could be just watching reality TV. It could be, uh, just doing a puzzle, uh, listening to music and rocking out. But, uh, I have never read a more compelling apology for my own alcohol alcohol damn it i have never read i hiccuped i have never read a more compelling uh rationalization of my own alcoholism this book apparently i i'm not an alcoholic i'm just finished and i've been doing it for years boys and girls ladies and gentlemen uh i got it from the library library uh shout out to libraries libraries and people who work in them which now includes shout out to Lindsay. shout Lindsay. out to Lindsay. hello Lindsay. hi Her how boss are you is my aunt yes yeah i <laughs> yes. heard about this yeah. fucking yeah. weird it's crazy um a- anyway folks next week on the show <laughs> next week on the television program called life Life in Plaid Ladville. We are going to possibly be. Stop stalling. I, I have it pulled up. <laughs> watching Ingmar Bergman's fantastic scrum diddlyumptious wild strawberries. That one's about an old guy dying, right? That yeah, is. No. Uh, <laughs> stop rolling your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> and we will be covering. The indie darling classic, the the soundtrack to people with a past <laughs> in the aeroplane over the sea, Neutral Milk Hotel. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Wait, what about Fraser? No, bye. <laughs> oh, Fraser. Doing Fraser. And we are going to be doing Fraser season one. Episode seven. Jesus Christ. Call me irresponsible. Do, 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 do. Oh my God. And we're uh, voting. Vote, 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 vote. Yeah, guys. No. Uh, so coming next week on the show, uh, possibly talk of how to escape the country, possibly instructions on Molotov cocktails, possibly uh, a, a, a grim, realistic uh, look at the future. Or, or, or everything's fine. Or Donald Trump 
Uh, his knees a buckling, uh, takes off on a hang glider to some rich person island, which then sinks. <laughs> <laughs> to dream the, the impossible dream, to fight the unbeatable foe, to run where the dare not be doing, to live like a man on the snow. This is my life, and I am a man. I live in a world named America, and I do what I can with the time I am given. I will Goodbye, live folks. my life to the fullest, and then I will die. You will all know when I die, because I'll explode. Yeah! Yeah! I love you. Have a good week, folks. Don't forget to follow the Pod Lads on Instagram and Twitter at Pod Lads Pod. You can hear this and every other episode of Pod Lads wherever you get your podcasts on iOS and Android devices. And don't forget to leave us a rating and a review. 